Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, September 9th. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet each Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah House every Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m., your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah House. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahovah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month, there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner or a coordinator or a member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ki Tetzi, and it means when you go out. Deuteronomy 24, 1-22 Suppose a man marries a woman, but she does not please him. Having discovered something wrong with her, he writes her a letter of divorce and hands it to her and sends her away from his house. When she leaves his house, she is free to marry another man. But if the second husband also turns against her and divorces her, or if he dies, the first husband may not marry her again, for she has been defiled. 
that would be detestable to the Lord. You must not bring guilt upon the land the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession. A newly married man must not be drafted into the army or be given any other official responsibilities. He must be free to spend one year at home bringing happiness to the wife he has married. It is wrong to take a set of millstones, or even just the upper millstone, as security for a loan, for the owner uses it to make a living. If anyone kidnaps a fellow Israelite and treats him as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. In this way you will purge the evil from among you. In all cases involving serious skin diseases, be careful to follow the instructions of the Levitical priests. Obey all the commands I have given them. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam as you were coming from Egypt. If you lend anything to your neighbor, do not enter his house to pick up the item he is giving as security. You must wait outside while he goes in and brings it out to you. If your neighbor is poor and gives you his cloak as a security for a loan, do not keep the cloak overnight. Return the cloak to its owner by sunset, so he can stay warm through the night and bless you, and the Lord your God will count you as righteous. Never take advantage of poor and destitute laborers, whether they are fellow Israelites or foreigners living in your towns. You must pay them their wages each day before sunset because they are poor and are counting on it. If you don't, they might cry out to the Lord against you, and it would be counted against you as sin. Parents must not be put to death for the sins of their children, nor children for the sins of their parents. Those deserving to die must be put to death for their own crimes. True justice must be given to foreigners living among you and to orphans, and you must never accept a widow's garment as security for her debt. Always remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God redeemed you from your slavery. That is why I have given you this command. When you are harvesting your crops and forget to bring in a bundle of grain from your field, don't go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all you do. When you beat the olives from your olive tree, don't go over the bows twice. Leave the remaining olives for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. When you gather the grapes in your vineyard, don't glean the vines after they are picked. Leave the remaining grapes for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. That is why I am giving you this command. Isaiah 3, 1-5-30 The Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, will take away from Jerusalem and Judah everything they depend on every bit of bread and every drop of water, all their heroes and soldiers, judges and prophets, fortune tellers and elders, army officers and high officials, advisors, skilled sorcerers and astrologers. I will make boys their leaders and toddlers their rulers. People will oppress each other, man against man, neighbor against neighbor. Young people will insult their elders, and vulgar people will sneer at the honorable. 
In those days, a man will say to his brother, Since you have a coat, you be our leader. Take charge of this heap of ruins. But he will reply, No, I can't. I don't have any extra food or clothes. Don't put me in charge. For Jerusalem will stumble and Judah will fall because they speak out against the Lord and refuse to obey him. They provoke him to his face. The very look on their faces gives them away. They display their sin like the people of Sodom and don't even try to hide it. They are doomed. They have brought destruction upon themselves. Tell the godly that all will be well for them. They will enjoy the rich reward they have earned, but the wicked are doomed, for they will get exactly what they deserve. Childish leaders oppress my people, and women rule over them. O my people, your leaders mislead you. They send you down the wrong road. The Lord takes his place in court and presents his case against his people. The Lord comes forward to pronounce judgment on the elders and rulers of his people. You have ruined Israel, my vineyard. Your houses are filled with things stolen from the poor. How dare you crush my people, grinding the faces of the poor into the dust, demands the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord says, Beautiful Zion is haughty, craning her elegant neck, flirting with her eyes, walking with dainty steps, tinkling her ankle bracelets. So the Lord will send scabs on her head. The Lord will make beautiful Zion bald. On that day of judgment, the Lord will strip away everything that makes her beautiful. Ornaments, headbands, crescent necklaces, earrings, bracelets and veils, scars and ankle bracelets, sashes, perfumes and charms, rings, jewels, party clothes, gowns, capes and purses, mirrors, fine linen garments, head ornaments and shawls. Instead of smelling of sweet perfume, she will stink. She will wear a rope for a sash, and her elegant hair will fall out. She will wear rough burlap instead of rich robes. Shame will replace her beauty. The men of the city will be killed with the sword, and her warriors will die in battle. The gates of Zion will weep and mourn. The city will be like a ravaged woman huddled on the ground. In that day so few men will be left that seven women will fight for each man, saying, Let us all marry you. We will provide our own food and clothing. Only let us take your name so we won't be mocked as old maids. But in that day the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. The fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of all who survive in Israel. All who remain in Zion will be a holy people. Those who survive the destruction of Jerusalem and are recorded among the living. The Lord will wash the filth from beautiful Zion and cleanse Jerusalem of its bloodstains with the hot breath of fiery judgment. Then the Lord will provide shade for Mount Zion and all who assemble there. He will provide a canopy of cloud during the day and smoke and flaming fire at night, covering the glorious land. It will be a shelter from daytime heat and a hiding place from storms and rain. Now I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a rich and fertile hill. He plowed the land, cleared its stones, and planted it with the best vines. 
In the middle, he built a watchtower and carved a wine press in the nearby rocks. Then he waited for a harvest of sweet grapes. But the grapes that grew were bitter. Now, you people of Jerusalem and Judah, you judge between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done for my vineyard that I have not already done? When I expected sweet grapes, why did my vineyard give me bitter grapes? Now let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will tear down its hedges and let it be destroyed. I will break down its walls and let animals trample it. I will make it a wild place where the vines are not pruned and the ground is not hoed, a place overgrown with briars and thorns. I will command the clouds to drop no rain on it. The nation of Israel is the vineyard of the Lord of Heaven's armies. The people of Judah are his pleasant garden. He expected a crop of justice, but instead he found oppression. He expected to find righteousness, but instead he heard cries of violence. What sorrow for you who buy up house after house and field after field until everyone is evicted and you live alone in the land. But I have heard the Lord of Heaven's army swear a solemn oath. Many houses will stand deserted, even beautiful mansions will be empty. Ten acres of vineyard will not produce even six gallons of wine. Ten baskets of seed will yield only one basket of grain. What sorrow for those who get up early in the morning looking for a drink of alcohol and spend long evenings drinking wine to make themselves flaming drunk. They furnish wine and lovely music at their grand parties, lyre and harp, tambourine and flute, but they never think about the Lord or notice what He is doing. So my people will go into exile far away, because they do not know me. Those who are great and honored will starve, and the common people will die of thirst. The grave is licking its lips in anticipation opening its mouth wide. The great and the lowly and all the drunken mob will be swallowed up. Humanity will be destroyed and people brought down. Even the arrogant will lower their eyes in humiliation. But the Lord of Heaven's armies will be exalted by His justice. The holiness of God will be displayed by His righteousness. In that day lambs will find good pastures, and fattened sheep and young goats will feed among the ruins. What sorrow for those who drag their sins behind them with ropes made of lies, who drag wickedness behind them like a cart. They even mock God and say, Hurry up and do something. We want to see what you can do. Let the Holy One of Israel carry out His plan, for we want to know what it is. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good, and good is evil, that dark is light, and light is dark, that bitter is sweet, and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. What sorrow for those who are heroes at drinking wine and boast about all the alcohol they can hold. They take bribes to let the wicked go free, and they punish the innocent. Therefore, just as fire licks up stubble, and dry grass shrivels in the flame, so their roots will rot, 
and their flowers wither. For they have rejected the law of the Lord of heaven's armies. They have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. That is why the Lord's anger burns against his people, and why he has raised his fist to crush them. The mountains tremble, and the corpses of his people litter the streets like garbage. But even then the Lord's anger is not satisfied. His fist is still poised to strike. He will send a signal to distant nations far away and whistle to those at the ends of the earth. They will come racing toward Jerusalem. They will not get tired or stumble. They will not stop for rest or sleep. Not a belt will be loose nor a sandal strap broken. Their arrows will be sharp and their bows ready for battle. Sparks will fly from their horses' hooves, and the wheels of their chariots will spin like a whirlwind. They will roar like lions, like the strongest of lions, growing. They will pounce on their victims and carry them off, and no one will be there to rescue them. They will roar over their victims on that day of destruction, like the roaring of the sea. If someone looks across the land, only darkness and distress will be seen. Even the light will be darkened by clouds. 2 Corinthians 11, 1-15 I, Paul, hope you Corinthians will put up with a little more of my foolishness. Please bear with me, for I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Yeshua than the one we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one you received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. But I don't consider myself inferior in any way to these super-apostles who teach such things. I may be unskilled as a speaker, but I'm not lacking in knowledge. We have made this clear to you in every possible way. Was I wrong when I humbled myself and honored you by preaching God's good news to you without expecting anything in return? I robbed other churches by accepting their contributions so I could serve you at no cost. And when I was with you and didn't have enough to live on, I did not become a financial burden to anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia brought me all that I needed. I have never been a burden to you, and I never will be. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, no one in all of Greece will ever stop me from boasting about this. Why? Because I don't love you? God knows that I do. But I will continue doing what I have always done. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I am not surprised. Even Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds 
deserve. Psalm 53, 1-6 Only fools say in their hearts, There is no God. They are corrupt, and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. God looks down from heaven and on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. No one does good. Not a single one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat at my people like bread and wouldn't think of praying to God. Terror will grip them. Terror like they have never known before. God will scatter the bones of your enemies. You will put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When God restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Proverbs 22, 28 and 29 Don't cheat your neighbor by moving the ancient boundary marker set up by previous generations. Do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Isaiah chapter 3 through 5. And on the day of this recording, I want to make some comments on a recent speech that President Biden gave on September 1st. But first, let's dig into the scriptures and then overlay it to what's going on in the United States of America. In Isaiah chapter 3, verse 5, People will oppress each other, man against man, neighbor against neighbor. Young people will insult their elders, and vulgar people will snare at the honorable. Verse 12, Childish leaders oppress my people, and women rule over them. O my people, your leaders mislead you. They send you down the wrong road. And continuing on, In chapter 5, verse 20, What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Verse 23, They take bribes to let the wicked go free and they punish the innocent. Now, on September 1st, Biden gave a very macabre, hellish speech with a dark background and red lighting in the backdrop. While he was speaking, his whole tone was angry, and he raised clenched fists, and he made wild accusations that basically half of America those who support former President Trump are in the process of trying to undermine the very foundations of democracy that those people who support former President Trump are insurrectionists and are destructive and are dangerous. And so all of these wild accusations were made against half the nation. Let me read to you a portion of what he had to say. 
In his speech he said, Now I want to be very clear, very clear up front, not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there is no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, and that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president, not the president of Red America or Blue America, but of all America. And I believe it is my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what true MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election, and they're working right now as I speak in state after state to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. They promote authoritarian leaders, and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger to the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots, and they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 elections as preparation for the 2022 and 24 elections. So, it's really scary, the words he said, the accusations he made. Um, a former White House aide to President Trump, Stephen Miller, said this, President Biden tonight gave the speech of a dictator, in the style of a dictator, in the visual of a dictator, using the words of a dictator. This was his enemies of the state speech, Miller continued, adding, like every other radical Marxist and tyrant, he accused his opponents of being fascist while he engages in oppressive authoritarian behavior. He's the one who's forcing Americans against their will to take a vaccine, Miller continued. He's the one who has violated our nation's constitution to open our borders, he added. He's the one who is interfering in the sacred relationship between parent and child to try to force dangerous medicines and puberty blockers and hormones on our little kids. He's the one whose government raided the home of his chief political opponent in a fashion that violates the entire constitutional order because President Trump has the absolute right to decide what is or isn't in the national security interest when he leaves the White House. All of those things, all of them, are the behavior of a tyrant, Miller warned. And so, many of these verses that we just read in Isaiah, we're seeing it being played out in the United States of America, where evil is called good and good is called evil. 
where U.S. patriots who have the free, the the right to assemble, and have free speech, to make a, a peaceful protest, have been rounded up and are now political prisoners, including Simone Gold, who is an M.D. and a lawyer and the head of America's Frontline Doctors. She's in jail for 60 days on a misdemeanor charge because she attended the January 6th protest and illegally entered a government building. So on a misdemeanor, she's now in jail for 60 days. And yet we have BLM and Antifa violent folks that set police cars on fire, that set police stations on fire, that bash, break down windows of businesses and steal and rob and assault people, and it's catch and release. They're not even prosecuted. So good is called evil, and evil is called good. If you look at this speech, the whole staging of it, it's a very dark room with red lighting in the background. He raises his clenched fists and he's angry and it seems almost hellish, satanic. And the color of Marxism and communism is red. Red is their color. And so this is really very concerning that if they can raid Mar-a-Lago and get away with it, the FBI is now like the KGB. The, the signal is very clear. If they can do that to President Trump, they can do that to anybody. They can do that to you or to me. If you are considered an enemy of the state and half the nation has now been declared as enemy of the state, um, this is meant to intimidate, to scare, to frighten, to shut down, and extremely, extremely divisive. Yet there's good news in what we read today in our scriptures about Yeshua. And let's look at that good news in chapter 5, starting in verse 25. That is why the Lord's anger burns against his people and why he has raised his fist to crush them. The mountains tremble and the corpses of his people litter the streets like garbage. But even then, the Lord's anger is not satisfied. His fist is still poised to strike. Here's the good news. Verse 26. He, that is the Lord, will send a signal to distant nations far away and whistle to those at the ends of the earth. They will come racing toward Jerusalem. They will not get tired or stumble. They will not stop for rest or sleep. Not a belt will be loose, not a sandal strap broken. This is a remez hint of the future ingathering of God's people. We are scattered to all the nations of the earth. We're still in exile. But there's a day coming when Yeshua is going to whistle for us, and we are going to get to return home to Israel, to Jerusalem. And how he accomplishes it, it's going to be something so stupendous and amazing that we've never seen before. I don't know exactly how it will be, whether he translates us or whether it's a massive exodus on land and through the sea. Will he part the seas? Time will tell how he will accomplish it, but it's going to be even greater than the very first exodus when the Hebrews left Egypt. He's going to ingather all of his people from all the nations 
and bring them home, and he will establish his rulership, his government. Yeshua will rule and reign for a thousand years, and we will see justice executed, finally, because we see such incredible corruption, incredible um, evil and wickedness that is currently prevailing. Um, In fact, in Psalm chapter 53, Psalm 53, verse 6, Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When God restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. So things have to get darker, and they continue to get darker. And, you know, Again, Biden made claims in his speech about how America's economy is strong and how great America is and blah, blah, blah. And it was truly Orwellian because we have never seen such incredible interior moral decay. It is not safe to be outside at night in any large city in America, not in San Francisco, not in San Diego, not in L.A., not in Chicago. Not in Portland or Seattle or Boston or New York. It's not safe. You will get mugged. You'll get robbed. You'll get murdered. There's excrement, human excrement and needles on the sidewalks in the wealthiest city in our country, in San Francisco. And you see that also in Salem and Seattle and Portland. The cities have completely decayed. It's not safe to be in the big cities Certainly not at night, and even during the day, it's questionable. And so, you know, an unemployment, inflation, high cost of gas prices, food prices, our nation is a mess. So the claims that he made were truly Orwellian, you know, uh, and, and what happened in the book George Orwell's 1984 is they would just speak out and out lies. And you were expected to believe them. So our hope is in Yeshua. Our hope is in him. And he sees all. He sees the injustice. He sees the corruption. He sees the suffering. And he will return. We must cry out to him. We must look to him. We must trust in him and hide under his wings and keep praying and keep trusting. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Yisa Adonai Anav Ileka
The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers Chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.